0: Hey, everybody, I'm Dan Bro along with my co host Matt Bruner, and welcome to the Real Estate Heroes Podcast, the stories and lessons from real estate wholesalers, investors, and professionals who are changing lives and making an impact so that we can help you become the real estate hero. Now, just a quick reminder that this recording is an exclusive live event for our students, and they get the opportunity to ask their biggest questions and get answers from these studs that we have. On our podcast, so if you want to be one of those lucky few, head over to actiondanbro.com and schedule a call or sign up. Today, I'd like to welcome Chandler Sane. He is—I've uh, dubbed them the college millionaires. Um, the, these two guys, um, Chandler, works with with Gino Palumbo, Palumba, and uh, these guys are, are down in Atlanta, Georgia. Georgia and they are just crushing it down there um, in the wholesaling business. I know they have some Airbnbs going too. Um, they have a texting platform um, that they're just generating tons of leads for other investors. Uh, they're doing a lot of really impressive things, um, especially for a couple of really young guys who are just fresh and I mean haven't been at it all that long, but are having a ton of success really early on. Uh, it's really impressive. So Chandler, super grateful to have you on.
1: appreciate that pretty sick intro. I like that. This is a cool, it's, a, it's cool to be on here, you know, be able to share some share some good information with everyone. Hopefully yeah, we answer those burning questions, you know.
0: Absolutely. So um, let's start with this. I mean, how did you get started in this whole real estate world? Yeah, so I would say that my path is a
1: little bit, uh, not traditional. Right. So for me, I was doing like, I was helping my dad We're in school He's a landscape construction company. And then, um, so I did that over the summers. Right. And this is like when I was like from like 16 to 19, I would just build retaining walls and patios and stuff for my dad. And I always knew I was like, man, I got to figure something out. So I was either like looking at direct, direct, uh, digital marketing for like, you know, blue collar people, or you know, I was doing day trading and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, I moved in with Gino, He's like, dude, I'm doing this thing wholesaling. I was like, what the heck is this? At the, at the time, I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. And, you know, he's doing some deals. And then basically I just came on um, kind of as the integrator uh, is what we, you know, basically entered in as. And then, you know, ever since then, that was like a little, like right around a year and a half ago, a little more. And, you know, we went from doing like a few deals a month to now we're pushing well over 10 a month. So, um, so yeah, this is pretty cool.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, super quick growth. Um, and so you jumped into something that was already created mm-hmm. and, and for, for those of, uh, us that are maybe listening and aren't super familiar with the integrator role, can you tell us a little bit more about what that looks like and, and what your role actually is in all this?
1: Yeah. So definitely starting out, it's, it's a pretty crappy role, right? So we went from, you know, we're doing like one, two deals a month, and you got no systems where just everyone's hustling, doing a thing, right? But, you know, for me, I was like, oh, dude, this is like so unorganized. So um, I took all of what we were doing and I basically built the entire business. Um, so all the structure, all the foundations, you know, the stuff like EOS. Um, if anyone's read the book, Traction, great book, recommend it 100%. Uh, Rocket Fuel is another one that goes along with it. But basically, you know, my job, literally, I built the entire foundation of the entire, in the, of the entire company. Um, you know, the processes, the how to track uh, everything, all the numbers, just, you know, that wasn't what I did. Um, So everyone else mainly focused on, you know, doing all the busy work and I'd spend my time, you know, doing that stuff of course. And then also, you know, focusing on laying the foundation, helping us get organized. Now what my job looks like is now that we've laid the foundation, you know, a lot of long hours, a lot of long weeks, uh, you know, I pretty much just coach people on our team. I'm just coaching the leaders on our team to do their job and overcome the obstacles. So, Literally, I focus on the number one thing every day that's holding us back from growth.
0: And I, um, you know, I look to find a solution for it. That's super interesting. So you find the number one roadblock or bottleneck in your business and figure out how to solve that problem. Mm -hmm. So how do you identify that one thing? Yeah, so, I mean, that's a super, that's not the easiest thing to do.
1: Uh, I will say, so my philosophy is in anything, whether it's personal, business or whatever, there's always only one thing that's really keeping you from getting to the next point. So for example, just like something simple. Um, I was talking to our marketing manager. She lives in Venezuela, um, but she's trying to get out of Venezuela. Right? So her, she has bigger goals and bigger aspirations in life. And the, literally the one thing that holds her back is the infrastructure of her country, right? She wants to do all these great things, but she can't do them because literally she lives in a crappy country, which does suck, but that's what she has to do. So like I told her, you know, look, your job is to focus on that one thing to get out of the country. What is it? Whether it's to figure out how to get a visa, which we're going to be able to help her with hopefully to the United States or, you know, figure out how to get to Europe. So, you know, it's for her, it's to get out of the country, right. For our business right now, you know, I'm looking around and I'm saying, well, you know, if we solved one problem and this is like me trying to identify it now, if I I solve one problem that what is going to boom, I'm instantly going to do. So like what's holding you back. So like, there's a rope here, like what's pushing against it. And like, it's just holding you down. Right. So for us, we can't get enough contracts, but it's not necessarily, Oh man, we can't get enough contracts right now because you don't have a contract problem. We have to look further up the river. Right. So what's further up the river. We have appointments and you have leads and you have like marketing. Right. So that's at the top of the river. And I can, and just real quick to give you a fundamentals um, to go up the river, you want to make your business like a conveyor belt. So I know this is getting a little bit more off topic, but I kinda of feel it's a good background knowledge to um, get to how you identify the problem. So your business is a conveyor belt, right? So you start at marketing and then you finish at you know, selling deals, right? So how do we get between the two points? So one, you got marketing. So you got your big database of information. You're then you're gonna create leads. Then from leads, you're gonna create appointments to give people offers on their house. Then uh, after you give offers on appointments, you're gonna then get contracts and then when you get contracts, you're gonna sell those deals. And that's the conveyor belt, right? Everything flows down the conveyor belt. Obviously, the funnel's bigger here and the funnel's smaller here. Um, so that's that's how we run our business. Some people do it differently, but that's how our conveyor belt looks. So I want to look through that conveyor belt, through that river, same thing. And I'm gonna figure out, hey, where is the dam? And for us, contracts, well, now I know my numbers every week. I know it takes us five appointments to get one contract. I see, hey dang, we're only getting 15 appointments a week. No wonder we're not hitting our contract goal every week. So we need to fix the appointment problem. Well, now to fix the appointment problem, is it because we're not getting enough leads? Is our lead to conversion, lead, lead to appointment conversion off, or is it is does it look right? Well, if it if the conversion rates right, that means we're probably not getting enough leads, so we need to increase our marketing, or we get more efficient there, or whatever. So that's really how I'm going about it. Um, it's not you know cut and dry, but it's pretty 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 process oriented on how to figure that out
2: for sure. And then so I love the idea of like building it like a conveyor belt, right? Like it starts here, it ends here. Here's everything in between it. Like when you're looking through that like how are you organizing like your to-dos, like your day, like how are you staying on top of all these things?
0: Yeah,
1: so it really comes down to keeping things simple, right? So as entrepreneurs as business owners, everyone there's so many million different things to do, right? But if you really focus on the fundamentals of what actually matters, so Building this conveyor belt, this is what allowed us to focus on what matters, right? So, the only thing that matters at the end of the day is how much money do you make, right? But we need to break it down. Like, it's not that easy. Oh, if I do this, I'm just going to make a ton of money. But that's the ultimate goal is how much money am I bringing home? So, to do that, what do I focus on in order to do it? I focus on how many leads I'm getting, how many appointments, how many contracts, how many deals we are selling. And then, obviously, you want to know how much it all costs, but that's uh, another point. So, for me, my marketing department only focuses on leads. Our sales department, focuses on appointments and contracts. Our dispositions department focuses on closings and then everything else falls in line. So I really only need to focus on those key numbers and make sure that I'm hitting those numbers, right? Uh, It's not so easy to say, what should those numbers be? Well, that kind of brings you to another question, right? You need to track your numbers, track those key metrics and then see what it looks like over time, right? So you're gonna see how many leads am I getting? How many appointments? How many contracts? And then you can just do some simple math Um, and then figure out those conversion rates and then you can you know create a standard right and then once you create that standard you're able to just say all right so it takes me you know 10 leads to get an appointment well if I want to get better maybe I just try to get it to where it takes eight leads to an appointment and then you can get more efficient that way
2: yeah so when you're evaluating those KPIs when you're looking at all those numbers like how would you choose whether you know increase like how would you choose whether you want to increase your marketing spend or just improve like the handling of your current leads
1: yeah, so and that's that's a really tough question because and like it's tough like to make a decision on it because there's so many factors that play into it, so I like to look at you know what is the industry standard right so if I can see like here's what other people are doing and here's what I'm doing, oh well, this guy's like crushing it, and he's doing way better than I am at in India like the sales department, like he's converting way more leads into, you know, contracts than I am. Well, I'm gonna like kind of think, man, I'm spending the same money as him, but he's getting way more than I am out of, the, out of that money, right? So I'm like, well, that's probably a me problem. i probably should get better at my job and make my team better and do that. So that's one way to do it. Um, and then the other way is like, you know, like industry standards for marketing spend per contract. It's pretty standard for most people. Once you're at scale, to be spending about like 3000 to $4,000 of ad spend per deal. Because most people's deal sizes are 15,000 or more, um, just, that's just in rough industry standard numbers. But so if you're not around that number or you're way less or way more, if you're way more cost per acquisition, um, then you probably need to get better. Um, if you're way less and that means you're doing really good and you should spend more um, on marketing and, you know, increase what you're doing because it's working.
2: So I'm curious, you mentioned like industry standard, like where are you getting that information from?
1: honestly it comes from just talking and listening to a bunch of podcasts like this so real estate disruptors another great podcast on youtube tons of awesome stud individuals who run major wholesale operations um talking to people in facebook groups just ask you know hey you know what is what is everyone you know how are they converting your leads to appointments or how are you closing your deals like what rate are you doing and is it 20 percent, 25 and people will tell you what they're doing um you know so simple stuff like that, Facebook groups, other podcasts, um, being intentional and trying, like, if you need to get that information, I'm sure someone has it out there. So just ask. So there's a place where you have masterminds, Facebook groups, podcasts, and, you know, DM, DM me, and I'll tell you a lot of them. So, um, yeah, that's another way.
0: So if, if you're tracking all these numbers, I mean, how often are you evaluating these key ratios, like number of leads per appointment or number of appointments per deal?
1: Yeah. So really the only time I'm looking at the the ratio performance is like, like, for example, I'll give a good one, like cold callers. One of the numbers that we love to look at on a daily basis, because I found this really pushed the needle forward for us. And this is something we're going to, you know, it's a really good example. So I decided like, Hey, I want to see how many hours per lead it takes for us to get, you know, a cold call. Like how many hours of calling does it take for one lead in cold calling? I saw that it was like four hours of calling for one lead. I was like, hmm. I wonder if I put an incentive around getting to three hours per one, three hours of calling per one lead. Is if what would happen? Not changing anything other than just putting an incentive out there. Um, and then, to my surprise, not really a surprise because I've heard other people say it, but. It went to two and a half hours for one lead for our entire team. And I was like, dang, nothing changed. Lead quality was the exact same, which means that like we converted the rest of our funnel the exact same way as we would have before. So that for that one, I check it every, we, our, I don't check it Our uh, cold call manager checks it every single day. Um, for other ones, like let's say, you know, how many leads did it take to get an appointment? I'm going to check that on like a weekly basis or something along those lines. But really I'm going to use it to project out my numbers, which gets into a whole nother topic to project out, like, how, if I want 10 contracts a month, what do I need to do at the top of the river, right? So I'm just going to look at that if our lead number is off or if our appointment number is off. Like, you know, we'll make a goal. Like, I need 100 leads a week. Okay, well, we got 80. But down the line, I'm still getting the contracts that I want. I'm just converting better. I'm just doing a better job. But if it's, like, worse, then you want to look at it and just kind of gauge from there. So there's not, like, a set specific time period. It's just when my key number that lead number that I established, that appointment number, that contract number that I established for our team is off. If it's off, then I'll take a look and figure out what's going on
0: with it. And where are you tracking all this stuff? Because for people listening, they might say, man, this sounds like so much different, so many different numbers to track. And like, where is the spreadsheets? Is it it, like, how do you do this?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not fun (laughs) Um, at first to get it all built out. Uh, I would say you're lucky because no one ever told me like, hey, you should track these five metrics, how many leads you get, how many appointments, how many contracts, how many closings, how much did you make from all the, and then how much did you spend for everything and then track it you know, per part, right? Per acquisition and then per disposition. No one ever mentioned that. So I had to figure that out on my own, which was a real pain in the ass. Um, and But to keep it short, right? Is track those key numbers and then you do it all in just Google Docs we just every day boom put it in there boom put it in there boom put it in there um for us i had to build out a lot of like time stamps and tracking mechanisms in our crm to say like on this date we had an appointment and automation um but you just really have to make you know use your tools that you have and figure out hey how can this show me what i want to see um, and then keep it in one central database which for us is google sheets And then in Google Sheets, I can simply do, you know, formulas to, you know, see my rates on one dashboard and just keep it simple. So as far as like simple data organization, not to get too boring, but you have a big bunch of data and then you have like one dashboard that shows you something that tells you a story,
0: which that story would be a conversion rate or, you know, however it works.
1: Very
0: Cool. So if you were to tell someone, these are the most important numbers to pay attention to, what would they be? Yeah, so I would say it depends on what position you are in the company. Um, Every single person,
1: I give one number. So uh, obviously for me, I have more than one number, but um, every single person who's in a department, they have one number to hit. That number is all they focus on. If you've ever read the book, The One Thing, which I've read 50 pages of it, that was enough for me. I figured out what the goal, what the point of it was. Um, Then, you know, then you can, it's simple, right? It's, you're trying to get clarity and simplicity. So that's why you don't want too many things to think about. If you only think about one, you can do it. So for example, let's go to marketing. So our marketing manager, she manages all the marketing. She makes sure we do everything. Her number is leads. How many leads are we getting? Lead managers, they're appointment setters. So they're setting appointments. They're doing follow-up. Their number is how many appointments are they setting? Acquisitions managers, theirs is contracts. Our dispositions manager is how many deals did we get signed like with with a buyer? So how many deal contracts did we sell Uh, our transaction coordinators? How many of these actually got to closing? And then um, I guess that's really um, all the, all the, all the places. Right. And then I just manage all of them at the same time. So I'm just helping the people hit them, hit the goals.
0: Got it. So you have each individual person has a number. And then, so if someone who's listening, they're in the visionary role or the integrator, or if they don't know what that means, they're in, you know, one of those leadership level positions. What kind of numbers would they look at? Like, as
1: far as like if they're like a COO or the vision over the whole company. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So they really, you know, they're going to look at that funnel, right? You got to determine what your conveyor belt look like, and then you just got to look at the conveyor belt. That's that's where you that's where everything lies. That's where you're, you know, that's the bread and butter. The simple numbers that are going to really push the business forward. So that's that would be my answer to that. Awesome.
0: And how often do you look at that conveyor belt?
1: Um, we have, a so uh, one thing working with Sharper process with Gary Harper and them, uh, they kind of operate something similar. They call called Empire, but it's uh, like EOS, very similar, uh, like you would read in Traction. And we have what's called a stoplight report, where we look at those key numbers in the conveyor belt that are really, and again, these are numbers that are going to either, if they're bad, if, like, if the number doesn't hit its goal, then you're going to do something about it. Then I'm going to look at those numbers every single week. And also, if it's my sole responsibility for that number, I'm going to check on them daily. Like, just look briefly. Oh, this number looks right. And like by Wednesday, if the number is off, like off track on the goal, and I'm going to say, hey, 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 hey uh, you know, Jared, Jared's our sales manager. Jared, what's going on? And, you know, we, don't, we only have four appointments. For goal is 15. It's Wednesday. We're halfway through the week. You know, how are we going to be able to get there? Like, what do you think? And, you know, instead of asking someone else, you know, if you're the position where you're doing everything, you're going to ask yourself that, right? you got to be honest not always uh, easy to say that you know to take ownership and say that hey i'm not doing that good i need to figure it out um or i've not been you know on top of my game i've been kind of slacking because i wanted to go hang out with my girlfriend at night we've all been there um but yeah that's that's what i would recommend
2: dude so many numbers so many team members so many things to manage like how are you holding your team accountable to those numbers
1: dude it's just making it making it normal like making it talked about right you know, given like you, for me, I don't take accountability for anyone's numbers. I just help them get there. So it's their fault. If they miss it, like, you know, what are you doing? You know, how are we going to get there? You're putting it in their plate, right? So a simple way, like how to manage and help grow people is uh, Steve Train taught us this. That, look, if someone comes to me with a question, you know, this is again, how to build leaders and not build a, you know, taskmasters, right? If someone comes and says, Hey Chandler, how do I do this? I'm going to say, well, what do you, what do you think is your, you know, what do you think you would do? How would you do it? And then If they can't give you an answer, they say I don't know. Well, you say I don't. I mean, I don't know is not good enough. You know, just (laughs) force them to tell you, right? And eventually they'll come up with their own solution, and then you'll just assist them to the right solution. If that solution's not all the way there, you're going to help fill the gaps in for them and help them create it. And also that creates buy-in for them because it's like, man, that's mine. I gotta, I gotta own up to that. I gotta get that thing done. And then also it makes it to where when they come to you, they come to you not with a problem. They come to you with like, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what I think we should do about it. And then it's like, okay, that's when stuff gets
2: done. I love it, man. Um, so kind of like transition a little bit, like, so obviously your business has grown like crazy, um, started off like Dan was saying, you guys were the college million millionaires. So like two kids in college business has grown like crazy. Like what did it look like along the way, man?
1: Dude, It was a lot of late nights. Like me and Gina lived together for like about a year of this growth. And dude, we would just sit there. We would probably, I mean, I honestly probably worked 12 to 14 hour days like every six seven days a week grinding trying to figure it out tons of learning um you know just you gotta you gotta put the work in at some point in order to like sit back and not not have to do as much so like now my day's not as hard like i don't have to do as much because someone is doing it for me because i've we we went through all the trials and tribulations grinded and built it all out we trained up a team because they trusted us. They trusted in our vision and our purpose. And again, that's another huge thing if you're building teams here. I know um, we can get into that if you guys want to, or we can you know, take it back, whatever you want to do. But it's just, you got to put the work in. It's not easy. Nothing comes easy. And if you think that, then you're definitely going to be in for root awakening.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, on that point though, like how would you manage like your work-life balance during those times? Or do you just honestly, not have
1: it? I'm going to be honest. Like it was all work. <laughs> and then like, all I just hung out with Gino and then our sales or acquisition manager. We'd hang out like, you know, maybe on Sundays or Saturdays, like go get drinks late at night, hang out. Um, but yeah, no, it was a, there really wasn't a whole lot. I mean, it was a grind.
2: Dang, man. Like what kept you driven or like what was influencing you like during those times?
1: Uh, I mean for me it's because you know you see like where you're going right as long as you have clarity on on the destination or clarity on the vision or you have a purpose or whatever it is then it's easy like you if you need motivation like honestly you're probably you shouldn't probably be an entrepreneur like Elon Musk says that I agree with him um so yeah I mean just we knew we wanted to accomplish we wanted to literally this is what we just did our presentation in at Collective Genius which is a group of you know um the I wouldn't say like it's just like imagine like more of the pristine wholesalers in the group Um, not everyone's in there Um, that's amazing but there's a lot of really good guys in there and our presentation was how we're able to travel the world and grow a business and that's what we wanted to do right we wanted to be able to travel freely um, and see everything and experience our life in our 20s that most people never get to do so that's that's really what we wanted to do so we just worked our tails off until we were able to you know get to the point where we were able to do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you had this vision and it's now your reality. Super impressive. Um, I love what you guys have done and what you guys have built. Um, I'm curious, you know, and and for people listening, what do you think are the most important things for running a business that's successful? um, I would say the most important thing is yourself,
1: whoever's at the top. So if that's um, you, your partner, whoever it is, Whoever's because you're the top of the business. The business is only going to be as good as you are. So for us, we spend a lot of money every single year on education um, to make sure that we're as best as we can possibly be. I want to be the top tier human as I can possibly be on this earth, not only just for the business and for the people who work you know, with us, it's not only just for other people, right? I want to be someone that people want to come to and say, man, I love that guy. And they leave, I want to be like, dude, Chandler, that dude's awesome, dude. I would love to hang out with him again. And I want to do the same thing for my team, right? So I'm here to be the best leader possible, whether that means work ethic, uh, leading by example, support, whatever it is. That's that's the bottom line. If you if you are not and it, the business is going to cap out where you're at. So if you aren't doing what needs to be done, then the business is not going to get where you want it to go. So um, really just keep it simple in, in that aspect. Like, right. If, if you're the biggest problem, right. How do I make myself get to be as good as I need to be? One, you gotta figure out what it looks like to be at that point. And I I think this is like, this goes along with how to teach people, how to be great, um, how to be great yourself, and then just how to accomplish things in general. But there's really three parts to improvement. Uh, You have one, this is like where you're at right now, being vulnerable with yourself and with other people, figuring out what it looks like right now, and then figuring out where you wanna go. That's usually the easy part is where I wanna go. That's the easiest part for most people like us. And then now the last part is just bringing them like bridging the gap so what does it look like to go from here to here right and if you can do that and you can set that boom 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 in simple fundamental steps five ten steps then you can get little victories along the way and you have a clear path to destination think of it like a gps but just a gps to success so that's how i break it down for myself that's how uh, myself and gino and other high achievers who i've seen you know, be successful quickly, or be, you know, just operate at the highest level. That's what they do, even if they don't think about it. And they're not intentional about it. That's that's how they act. So I think being intentional and bringing that to the forefront for people on your team and teaching other people and teaching yourself, it's going to definitely make you, you know, grow much quicker.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. I, I mean, I'm firmly of the belief that personal development, and business like being a business owner or leader are pretty much the same thing like Mm -hmm. if you're not constantly investing in yourself investing in the business like it's just not going to go anywhere you're just you know personally you're not going to get what you want business wise you're not going to get what you want like that's why you see those people who have super successful businesses what is the one thing they all have in common exactly what you just said. They are constantly investing in themselves. They're getting education. They're finding ways to improve their relationships, improve their health, improve whatever aspect of their life, because it affects everything. It's not just, it, it's not compartmentalized. Your Our lives aren't like that. One thing affects everything else. If your health is crap and, and you feel like crap, it's going to affect how you interact with people it's going to affect your energy and and your performance so 100% agree on that yeah I
1: I think it's the most valuable thing that I've learned is like you know I've always been one to push myself because I wrestled in college for a year and I did in high school all throughout but I started doing this thing it's called ultra marathons and if you don't know what that is it's just basically running anything farther than a marathon which is not that fun to be honest but (laughs) I was talking to some people like um i I was talking to christina kraus if you're familiar with who she is um they run an awesome marketing agency but she was like asking me why i do it i was like to be honest i was like it's just because if you force yourself to do something that's not fun or something you don't want to do it's not you know it's just super hard it's like when something menial comes around in business where you're just typing in a spreadsheet Oh, this property didn't go through. It's not even a big deal. Like you don't even think about it because you've literally trained your mind to be so rock solid that when anything happens, you just figure it out. And, you know, I think that the mindset training from doing these, like just doing hard things, like do, do something you don't want to do. Like if you listen to David Goggins, say, like, I don't want to run every day, but he does, goes and does it just because he knows that it's the best thing. It's the right thing to do. So something like that, the mindset training is worth, I don't know, I can't put a number on it, but it's worth just infinite, infinite, infinite amount of
0: money. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So, given everything you know now, if you were to advise someone who's just starting out, what would you say these are the top three to five things to focus on? Yeah,
1: so the first thing is I would figure out a way to get leads coming in, right? So, if that's SMS, that's cold calling, just master that, master one thing, get it coming in, talk to people. Like, if you're not talking to people, you're talking to people with houses, right? You're just asking if they want to sell their house and go down the path. Like there's plenty of scripts out there. If you DM me on Instagram, I'll send you our script for how we pre-qualify sellers and just boom. It's like, just talk to people, master how to get people who are interested on the phone and selling their house. And then, you know, start giving offers and then, you know, listen to a bunch of podcasts talking about sales. Like Brent Daniels is great for cold calling and talking to people, you know, Pace Morby's a genius on the phones. I mean, you listen to just those guys and I mean, you know, before long and you just, it's time over time, over time. I mean, there's guys taking them six, eight, 12 months to do a deal. So, I mean, if you just keep doing something every single day, that's talking to someone with a house and seeing if they want to sell their house and then trying to buy their house for an offer for a price, uh, eventually it's going to line up and it's all going to work out. But to really get specific master a marketing channel, mat- like get really good at talking to people and then, you know, that'll kind of everything will kind of line itself up for you
0: awesome and so looking through your whole journey of from where you guys started to where you are now what do you think is the biggest mistake you guys made oh, biggest mistake we made
1: um that's a good question i've never really thought about it um i mean i think for me my biggest mistake and, I, and gino i'm sure he can speak to his but for me, it's just being okay with not knowing everything. So like, I feel like I don't have too much of an ego, but when it comes to trying to figure problems out, I like to do it on my, on my own. And I still struggle with this today. But if a long time ago, I would just ask someone who knew more than me, hey, how do you, how, how do you like structure your business? Then I would have saved myself so many hours and trials and just trying to figure it out. So just, I would say, ask people who know more than you questions don't be afraid to ask that for me that was like the probably my biggest mistake is even though i grew we grew quickly um and i was able to learn quickly i think i could have done it faster i've just been okay with asking questions so for me just lay it out on the line even if it's a dumb question just ask it anyways because you know even now like we still have dumb small questions that we're like dude how does that really work and you know you get the answer and then it fixes a lot of stuff so for me that would be it
0: yeah so Asking people who know more than you. So who were some of your bigger influences? Yeah. So uh, I think listening to the
1: Real Estate Disruptors podcast gave us a ton of clarity on what needed to be done because they have guys who are in Collective Genius who don't work on, they don't work in their business anymore. So they kind of talk about some small things here and there. So that's a more time consuming way. Um, Someone who really told like showed us that we need to step our game up is when we did uh, Tiffany High their virtual coaching class it's like a thousand dollars for they do like five weeks of training so you get like 10 hours of calls with them for a thousand dollars and they run a very tight ship from what it seems on the outside they're doing you know 200k a month they're crushing it in Ohio Um, that told us that hey we suck we need to figure out our stuff and get it together (laughs) Um, so that was like a big big push in the back and then Steve Train is another person great mentor of ours uh, a lot of sales training i think dan you did his stuff too it's you know, phenomenal so if you listen to dan you're gonna you're gonna be dialed in on sales for sure um and then other than that like just talking to a bunch of people like masterminds investing in masterminds once you get some you know money that's you know you, you don't need it to invest in your business you don't need to keep yourself afloat um you know and figure out what to join, who to join what mastermind to join so the Collective Genius was an awesome one for us. Like I said, Tiffany High, their virtual co- coaching class was just incredible. Um, and then picking someone to follow who has already done what you want to do. So now what we did is, you know, our goal is to get up to a million a month by the, by 2023. Uh, so we got Wren Bartlett, who they're kind of a quiet company in uh, the southeast, but they have like nine different states that they operate in and they're doing like 15 plus million this year in revenue, but they're going to, uh, in like 200, he says that you're going to do 200 deals this month, which is insane. Uh, but he's, we were meeting with him on a weekly basis, uh, just to talk about our problems. And, you know, he's going to mentor us all the way through. So, you know, just picking people where have done what you want to do. And then that's what I would recommend.
0: Wow. So I'm always curious when people throw out big goals, you know, a million a month, what's the significance to you if you were able to achieve that? Um, I mean, I think like our, our mission for our, our,
1: purpose for our company is to help people solve problems fast. And for me, I just want to make as big of an impact as possible on other people. So if we're able to do that one, we're able to spread just to our people who we, you know, help along with wholesaling, you know, help them themselves a house, get out of a tough situation. It will help a tremendous amount of people. Right. Um, but really what it comes down for to me or for me is to be able to help the people in our team. Cause it's not really about, let's be honest, it's not about money. Once you, get to a certain point it's not about the money it's about really what fulfills you and for me i just want to be able to help help fulfill that of being able to make an impact right so for me what fulfills me and fills my cup is making an impact coaching helping seeing other people grow i love that it's like i literally could don't even feel like i work when i do stuff like this or coach my team i I like i even though i work a decent amount it's like man i love it so um that's what i want to do and like you know just get into coaching and a lot of different avenues and giving back through I hope eventually like, you know, some kind of charitable means. And, you know, I think the ultimate goal for us is to have like a portfolio of companies, but I can't see a day also where I'm not getting better every single day and shooting for big goals. I've always had big goals. Um, so yeah, that would be for me. Awesome. Love it.
2: On that note of big goals and then actually crushing them. Um, <laughs> one thing I'm always curious about is like, a wholesaling company that does 10 deals a month like or 10 plus deals a month like what does your team look like like how big is your team who do you have on staff
1: yeah so our team is i believe we have 16 people on our team including me and gino maybe it's 17 but to run it down uh we have one person who does our marketing and we have like a ton of textures and cold colors we don't actually count them as like part of our team if that if we did it'd be like 24 25 but so we have the marketing manager, uh, we have four lead managers, which is gonna be soon to be five. Uh, and then we'll have, we have two acquisitions, one sales manager, so that's seven right now that we have in there, plus our is eight. Uh, you have dispositions coordinator, that's one more, transactions coordinator, it's another one. And then we have a project manager guy, it's another one, and then you have me and Gino, and then we have someone who's gonna be an assistant for TC and Dispo, transactions and Dispo. And then uh, we'll have a marketing assistant as well soon. So. That's what our team is looking like to be where we're at right now.
2: Awesome, man. And then, so on that note, it's like, while you were building that team, like, how are you choosing your next hire? How are you choosing what task you were delegating off versus keeping on your plate? Like, what did that look like while building the team?
1: So it really comes back to that. What's the one thing holding your business back, right? If if you think in that aspect and think simply, right, that's my one problem. My one biggest problem is holding the business back from growth then I can say, okay, well, if I need more appointments, you know, do I need more marketing or do I need more uh, bodies to call, right? And more, more people who are setting appointments. So for that, um, or do I need more time myself to build out the entire foundation so we can do that one thing and delegate it. So it usually revolves around, you know, time, people or process or, you know, something like that. So if I need to free up my time, because I'm wasting it doing low level tasks then I'm going to delegate that out so I can close more deals or, if I need more appointments and I can't do all the follow-up myself because I'm you know, just starting out, then I'm going to hire a lead manager because they can take care of those calls and do my follow-up after I give offers and all that kind of stuff. If I'm importing lists into marketing, I probably shouldn't be doing that. I'm either going to hire a third-party company or hire an admin to do all that work for me. So just like what's taking your time away from solving the biggest problems realistically is where I'd start. And then moving toward those biggest, pro- bigger problems, what pieces do I need to move in? Uh, move around in order to get them accomplished.
0: Awesome. So, I'm super curious. Um, obviously, you've had a big variety of experience. You've you've gone from you know just starting out to now doing really well. Um, so, what's something that you felt strongly about, or what's something you feel strongly about now that? at one point you didn't believe or had a completely different opinion about?
1: Um, I would say there's two things. First would be simplicity. So uh, I kind of adopted this mindset from this guy, Alex Hermosi. He runs like a portfolio of companies that does like 85, 90 million, which is just insane. But he posts YouTube videos like every day. So amazing, 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 amazing content. Again, Alex Hermosi, I would recommend any of you guys to go watch him. But his what he said is, and I took this to heart like probably 5 or 6 months ago he said simple scales complex fails and i was like dang you know as you get more people in your team uh, as there's more communication lines things get infinitely more complicated so simplifying everything down removing all the wasted props the steps all the wasted things and like standardizing all this communication uh, is one thing that i've really taken seriously recently that i it, it didn't really and again it didn't really apply to us because we only had a couple employees so it may not apply to you right now Um, The other thing I would say is the, you know, I've never read the book, but the who not how principle is, you know, who, who can do this, like, who's the right people, if you can master people, which again, you're never going to master people. But if you can crack the code on training, hiring, developing um, people, and leading people, then you will go really far. So if you can all get as many people as you want on one common goal, special things are bound to happen.
0: Absolutely. Love it um so at this point where you're at what's driving you um honestly
1: like i just like i like i don't know i I told myself like what's driving me one i'm always like our core value one of our core values is growth mindset no matter what i feel like i'm always doing something to get better whether that's personally uh emotionally physically business wise i'm always trying to get better so I don't think I'm really able to not grow um, or I would just be very sad (laughs) to be honest. Um, After I stopped playing sports, uh, I was, for a year, I was pretty lost on what, like, you know, just moseying through life. Like, what is this about? Um, You know? So I just figured that out for myself. Like, is it the most amazing trait? Probably not the greatest one all the time, but that's the main thing that drives me. I would say other than that, just again it comes back to that purpose it's just for me it's when i want to make an impact the more people i can hire making six figures a year the more people who i can you know impact their lives by helping them get out tough situations um and the more people who i can coach to grow in their business bigger and bigger and getting accomplishing their goals and their dreams like it's just exponential so if i coach someone who's able to grow their business to doing a hundred thousand dollars a month or whatever it's just an arbitrary number but you know helping five to seven people a month um then you know For me, I'm going to be able to help five or seven people a month by helping one person, right? And then they're also going to be able to help them lead their entire team, growing their entire team and helping them. So indirectly, helping the person at the top helps a tremendous amount of people for a long time. So yes, maybe it's a little bit like um, blah blah blah, but it's like uh, as for me, it's just I I just want to be able to make the, the biggest impact possible, and I think this is the avenue to do it is to just create a what we would call a radical source of income. So you don't have to do much in the future and you can spend your time that what fills your cup doing what fills your cup so
0: i don't think it's blah 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 at all thanks i think it's great appreciate it Um, man yeah man um so so that's awesome um i'm curious what you're really excited about right now
1: dude i'm excited about figuring out how to get to a million a month (laughs) that's exciting for me because it's just another big obstacle Other than that, I mean, every time I get to do stuff like this and I'm, you know, as we're doing better and better, we get more opportunities to do this and come on and just talk about cool things and be able to hopefully provide value for people. That's what gets me going. But personally, selfishly, I'm excited to do, I got a hundred mile race coming up in February. So I'm excited to suffer through that thing. It's going to be like 24 hours of just running through the woods. Um, It's going to suck, but it'll be fun. So we'll figure out how to do it. And then yeah. I have an Iron Man in May of uh, 2022. So we'll
0: see. Wow. I I, I do want to say one thing about that. Um, I hear you say 24 hours of suffering. Yeah. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is a choice.
1: That's true. I, I,
0: I, and I say suffering just because it's like more morbid.
1: I don't really think <laughs> I suffer. Because honestly, like you get, you go through these highs and lows. So like think of it just like even in just personal business. But like when you run, it's like really... It's like it's like crypto compared to the stock market. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're feeling amazing, like you're running, like dude, I'm the champ, I'm the best. And then the next moment, like 30 minutes later, you're like dude, I want to die. I'm, I feel like I'm dead. <laughs> and then you're like, and then next thing you know, it's like, oh, dude, I'm so good. And you just go through this endless cycle of like highs and lows, and the lows make the highs worth it, which I think through running uh, exemplify or like, what is it? Um, makes it a lot more noticeable how like the suffering and or the struggle in life and business makes the successes so much better so i don't know maybe it's like a little bit of like a ego trip getting ready to finish a 100 miler and people like dude how'd you do that and like i don't know i like it but it's it's a fun it's a fun experiment for sure
0: yeah absolutely um i know matt had one more question then we'll jump into some student questions
2: it's so I'm curious. So you're doing 10 plus deals a month now, but you want to get to 1 million a month. Like mm-hmm. what changes in your business are you expecting? Um,
1: it's yeah. So from going from where we're at to like around, like to double from where we're at our team is our core team is like in place. We don't really need anything special. The only thing we need to do is hire more salespeople um, and, you know, ramp up marketing. So we need, instead of having uh. 15 appointments a week we need 25 appointments a week that's really for us to go for the next step to go from there like let's say half a million a month to a million a month uh, it's going to definitely be an interesting shift because we're going to have to hire another sales manager role which means we're going to have to double our sales staff Um, so instead of having seven six closers we're going to have 12 closers and another sales manager and then we'll have to have more lead managers so instead of like 10 lead managers or 12 lead managers, will have to have like 20, which is a lot more people. And then I'm sure on the back end, the fulfillment, like we're going to need more than one T- one transaction coordinator. We're going to need probably like a title specialist. We're going to need someone who's focused on onboarding and training and like the human capital person. We're probably going to want an in-house CFO type, type deal or, you know, a whole bunch of more interesting avenues. And then I'm sure there's more to come than I'm just thinking about on the top of my head, but it's definitely going to be, I mean, that's a, that's a big leap. Um, it's not going to be easy or fun for some of the parts, but it will be um, a lot. And I'll definitely you know, update everyone on what we go through.
0: Yeah. So. One thing I heard you mentioned the hiring a CFO. Um, one of my favorite people and my, my personal accountability partner, David Richter. Um, mm-hmm. He was a, a previous podcast guest. He he owns and runs simple CFO. Uh, basically basically a fractional cFO service um, highly recommend looking into them before you go and spend two hundred grand to hire a cFO
1: yeah oh yeah so we we actually use Marcus Krigler, who is another like this one of the c g uh, providers for a fractional cFO and we were between him and a simple cFO uh david i' n- I actually never talked to David because we just uh, we met Marcus at one of the events and he stole our heart. But I've heard like his presentation, one of the presentations that David did at like Selective Genius was just phenomenal. So yeah, um, I, I definitely agree. He's, he's he crushes. So
0: awesome. All right, let's um, get into some student questions. Um, Aaron is asking: When you started wholesaling with Geno, was your plan to build the business to a million dollars a month, and how did that goal change over time?
1: Honestly, like. We were even thinking 100k, like, dang, that's crazy, 100k, because um, we were doing like, we we're probably doing like, I don't know, half that. um And yes, yeah, I mean, we didn't even know that it was like, we knew people were doing like 500k, but like, our mentor is freaking gonna go nationwide, so his goal, like, he's telling 2025, they're gonna do 100 mil, is what he's projected. So I'm like, I mean, like, 10 million doesn't look that crazy, you know? So um i would say really just like limiting beliefs man like that's what's changed like we're like how, are we capable of doing this like how how is this going to happen but then just like pushing that out of your mind like if you have a limiting belief like really challenge that like if you have a belief like i can't do more than that well why can't you who, who, who would have thought that we were able to do a completely virtual team and do what we're doing now um at, at the age we're doing it right we're 22 years old i dropped out of college and my mom wasn't not that happy like who who would have thought that what would have that decision would have resulted in this result right? Mm-hmm. But if you're betting on yourself, like you should be able to win that bet every time. That should be the easiest bet you take. So if you want to do something, don't let other people who are never going to be as successful as you not. Because it's more just because there's a reason why the one percent is the one percent. Um, you just believe in yourself, right? Believe in the cause, believe in the process, and you know challenge what you're going to do. Like, can I do? Do I want to do a million? It's like, what do you want? Like work-life balance too? Like, do you just want to get to a point and like chill and hang out? Um, I, for me, I don't think that's really an option for myself just to do nothing. So that's kind of why we're taking that route.
0: But yeah, that's part of it. Absolutely. And this, one of our next questions from Gabe um, sort of uh, trails right off of that. So Gabe asks, how do you push past mental blocks, self-doubt or lack of motivation?
1: the lack of motivation when we are hit on that shouldn't be a problem. If it is, you need to do some soul searching. Um, other than that, mental roadblocks, that's a real challenge. Honestly, I would talk, I mean, talking to other people who are doing what you're doing and just like telling them like you being vulnerable and say, Hey, this is what I'm dealing with right now, man. And then they'll say, like, dude, I actually am dealing with the same thing. <laughs> and then you'll figure out, okay, well let's figure out how to come over, overcome this. And then once you do it enough times, you'll get strong enough where you're just like, oh, I can do this on my own for me. That's why I run these ultra marathons. Part of it is because now mental roadblocks are seem simple because it's like a five foot wall instead of a 10 foot wall. Cause I've done stuff that's extremely physically, mentally like brutalizing for hours on end. So this one thing that I need to figure out and sit down and just think about just thinking is easy running is hard. So that's like how I've overcome it. Just doing stuff you don't want to do over and over again and then getting better and getting stronger. Absolutely.
2: That's awesome, man. And then uh, another question is, what markets are you in?
1: Uh, We're only in Atlanta. So we do about like an hour radius of Atlanta. Um, Our main two counties are Cobb and Gwinnett. So if any of you guys are doing deals in Cobb or Gwinnett, we got hedge funds panned out the wazoo. So just send them over to me.
2: Love it. And then, so Chandler, what helps you get through the lows or the struggles in your business? And what do you say to others when you're doing your coaching that are going through that as well?
1: I just try to figure out the, figure out what's causing the pain, right? It's like talking to a seller. There's anytime you're talking to people, it's always sales. There's always objections, whether it's with yourself or with other people. So it's just overcoming that, right? So whether you're in your own way by getting, you know, by having limiting beliefs, having doubting beliefs, you know, acknowledge it, say like, have the self-awareness to just sit down, unplug from all music, all distractions, and just have silence. And you'll think about those big struggles and you'll say, This is, and if you can nail down that one problem, that one objection, then all you have to do is just overcome it. And it makes it much more simple when you break it down that way. Cause it's like, oh, there's only one thing I got to solve instead of a lot of confusion. So that's what I do.
2: Yeah. It's all about getting to like that root cause, right? Mm -hmm.
1: And I think a lot of it comes back to simplicity, right? I hit on like six, like the last six months. That's all it's been about is simplicity. So if you can take things back to one thing, again, the book I read 50 pages of, I don't really read that much, but I did read some of that one one thing will literally change your entire life just by focusing on that and then moving to the next one.
2: Love it. Um, All right. So our next question is how do you run ultras, but still stay low key jacked like that?
1: (laughs) Dude, it's because I lost 20 pounds since I started doing this. I used to be like 195. Now I'm like 175, but I just work out kind of casually and then uh, show off to my friends and just go and run. I think I have good genetics. So like Dan's Jack too. He got the big biceps. I want, I want my arms to look like his.
0: It's not from running. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I just got the six pack. That's all I got. That's there all I got you. rocking for me. It's a pretty good thing to have. All right. right. <laughs> uh, so another question we have from Gabe. Um, how do you hold each other accountable without feeling like you're overstepping?
1: Uh, having no ego. So throwing your ego out the window, it doesn't matter. Everything's in the best interest of the business, right? Uh, even though it's like, it's like, dang, that's hardcore. Well, for example, if I'm doing something stupid or Gino's doing something stupid, anyone on my team, anyone on my team can come to me and say, Chandler, that's stupid. I need you to step it up. I want that, right? I want that extreme ownership. Have you ever listen to Jocko Will, Will, Willenick's podcast? Yep. Um, and I've never read the book Extreme Ownership, but I listened to his podcast like he. That's all it is. Like, there's no emotions. There's no ego in anything because everyone's on a level playing field. Sure. Some people's experiences, some people's knowledge may not exceed others, but just because they do less than you, like, for example, there's guys who are doing a fair amount of deals less than us, but he's going to be able to teach me something that I didn't have any knowledge of. They're doing Facebook ads at a really high level, getting a massive return from it. And for me, I don't care. I'll learn that. I'll tr- I'll trade you some of my secrets for your secrets because we're gonna both help each other, right? So just having like that lack of ego and being okay with like saying like talk about it too. Like say, hey, look, this is how you know this is how I want to communicate. If you have a problem with me, and I have a, like a problem with what I'm doing or like my you know ability or me not setting a standard right or operating at enough level, call us out on it. Like, and it just starts by having a conversation and being straightforward about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with everything you're saying. And I think the two things that go right along with that are having that common goal in mind. They're like, look, this stuff isn't personal. We're all trying to achieve something here. Like, let's if you're doing something dumb, <laughs> like it shouldn't be done. So let's fix it. Exactly. And then along with that, you need to have the, the transparency and vulnerability and open communication to make sure all that works. Because yep. if, if people aren't willing to at least say, I'm not perfect, everything I do isn't the best, I, I, I still have opportunity to learn, then there's, no, there's nowhere to go from there. If, nope. if people are just stuck thinking, I have all the answers and it's my way or, or nothing, mm-hmm. um, then there's no room for growth. Yep.
1: Because 10 people's brains are going to outpass that one guy, even if he's a genius. Guys up here, his brain's going to, and he only takes his way. He's going to run out of ideas and the people who go together are going to go much further.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Um, Also don't
1: be a dick about it too. Like you can say it in a nice way. Yeah. Uh, When you call someone out on their, their, their stuff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Another uh, question here. Uh, What are your current lead sources and closing ratios?
1: Uh, So we do SMS cold call. Um, TV ads. We're doing need to sell my house fast, which is like this SEO platform where you can buy leads. Um, we're going to be launching direct mail soon uh, in this in the next like couple months. Uh, we have SEO running with a website, and then I think oh, obviously JV like uh, partnering with other wholesalers, and then um, yeah, I think that rounds it out right there. We're we're working to get a couple more lead sources coming up in the next like three to four months. So hopefully Facebook ads and direct mail all integrated together also, you know, running through some more uh, rigorous drip campaigns through our own entire system to foster some more, uh, you know, leads from what is already coming. So that, that's, that's kind of what we're, what we're doing right now and our conversion rates. So we're looking for as a whole, anything inbound. So direct mail calls, TV leads, PPC, whatever it is, we want at least a 20% from lead to appointment. So if we get hundred leads, I want 20 converting to appointments. Realistically, I'd like that to be at 25 um, and maybe even up to 30, it would be the goal, but we're, we're at 20 right now. Um, for conversions, everything, once it gets to an appointment is the same quality. Everything's the same. So everything from appointment to contracts and convert the same, it's five appointments to one contract. So that's again, 20% goal is to get that to, uh, to 25. Um, but I would not be too mad if it stayed where it's at. Um, and then for outbound stuff, like let's say SMS cold call for us, it's our criteria for a lead for that for outbound marketing is literally just someone who's interested in selling at any level. Uh, There's not really any qualifications at all. It's very, very, very uh, inclusive. It's going to be closer to like 5%, which is like one in 20 to an appointment. And then again, that same conversion rate, five to one for a a contract.
0: Very nice. All right. And then um, Gabe has another one here for when did you decide that it made more sense to drop out than stay in college?
1: Uh, whenever I did engineering for two years and then I changed my major to accounting
0: and then I lost
1: two years of college because of engineering. And then I had three years in school and I had three years left and I said, uh, I'm never using this. So goodbye. <laughs> so that for me, that was what it was. I thought I wanted to be an engineer, a civil engineer. So, but no, I'm glad I didn't because calc-based physics was horrid.
2: Yeah. I same boat (laughs) know exactly what you mean it's not fun Uh, cool cool and also like back to that
1: point before you hit the next one Matt is like think of this like you're literally betting on yourself that you're going to work hard enough to figure out what you want to do so if like that's if you can't take that confidently then like you like then you got to think about it right if if you when you can make that decision confidently like hey I'm going all in on myself because I know I can do this obviously don't be stupid like how i had money in reserves where i wasn't going to be broke Um, but just know hey i'm betting on myself here how hard am i willing to work am i willing to put everything on the line for this yeah okay then do it but i would say have some money or in reserves. don't just go out with zero dollars
2: did you've mentioned two core values at my last company don't be a dick don't do stupid things um i like that (laughs) Uh, so we have another question. How are you finding your team members, both virtually and in person?
1: So we're in a pretty unique spot for uh, hiring. Like we're shifting towards like assistants and stuff are all virtual. Um, but lead management and everyone else, we're trying to level up our organization and take everything stateside. So everyone's virtual, of course, no one's got an office. Uh, there's no office anywhere. It's just a, We use a discord server actually for our office. So voice channels are like people's offices, which is kind of cool. Um, but we're in a unique situation to where we're 22 and all of our friends who are we're studs and like make 4.0s and our nerds are all graduating school. So we're trying to just cherry pick the, the high performers coming out of college. Um, you know, it's cheaper, they are hungry, they're young and they're ready to go. So social media mostly, and just, you know, networking, telling people, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're, what we're trying to do. And this is what we need. And then people will, you know, refer us. Um, also finding people overseas, it's not necessarily the easiest. Uh, Upwork and Outbounders are two decent ways to do it. I'm um, also like, you know, using like a company that uh, places VAs like Riva Global. Um, there's a couple other ones that do. I think they're mostly Filipinos, but finding South Americans is not easy. It takes a lot of time, but posting in South American Facebook groups, like, hey, work from home opportunity, job description. Uh, they'll DM you and send you applications. That's a great way to do like work from home Nicaragua. Um, look up city like work from home X Y Z work from home South America, something like that, or like looking for a caller. I don't know. Just look that kind of stuff up on Facebook. I guarantee it will be there. Um, but now that we have a team built up, once you get someone good, or once you get a prospect, ask them, Hey, you got anyone else you you know who's looking for a job? And then you know tell them you'll pay them a referral fee. If they stay with you for two months. We tell our guys like, Hey, we'll pay you you know a hundred dollars they stay with us for two months. If you refer someone, and they're gonna have a lot of skin in the game when they refer that person, so they're gonna make sure they succeed. Um, and then that's, that's kind of how we're going about it. Mostly referral based and, uh, you know, social media.
2: Awesome. Um, so just a couple more. And like, this is something that we've been preaching in our coaching group for a while, but I'm curious, like, how do you describe the integrator versus visionary relationship?
1: Uh, the best way I would describe it in a very simple term would be the integrator, um, implements the solution to the biggest problem and the visionary, Helps come up with the solution for the problem. So it depends, like you can do both. You can both have ideas, but, and also not only that, because it revolves around the biggest problem is visionary solving it, or visionary creating the solution, integrator solving it. Uh, what comes to growth, is visionaries creating growth opportunities, integrators making the growth happen. That's my, that's okay. my take on it. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you guys have a different take on it.
2: Pretty much the same. <laughs> so yeah. that's cool. Uh, do you use Carrot or another service for your website?
1: Uh, we have Carrot. Um, yeah, we have Carrot. But for SEO, we just have some guy who has his own entire software. He built it all out. So I don't know what he uses. But um, yeah, that's what he did.
2: Nice. And then any tips on how to connect with hedge fund buyers?
1: So connecting with hedge fund buyers, the best way I'd tell you, the simplest way is just meet with other wholesalers who are crushing the game where you're at and then tell, bring them a deal in JV with them Get and just make it a stipulation that you're going to get their hedge fund contact. That's one way. Uh, other way, would you you can look up on PropStream or ListSource uh, who bought so many properties for cash, like let's say 20 in the last month or 40 in the last two months or what some like significant amount of properties. And typically those entities will come up in those uh, databases and you can skip trace them and then potentially find a contact there. Um, and if you don't find a hedge fund, you'll find another like le- legit buyer um, through that. So that's another strategy. And then also LinkedIn. I, I don't I've not personally done this, but Stephanie betters um, told like mentioned that LinkedIn is an amazing way if you can find a hedge fund ent- entity name like or their uh, outfit customer facing name that they would have like, you know, their brand then go on LinkedIn. And just Google, or not Google and LinkedIn, but just search in LinkedIn and you'll probably find their acquisitions manager there just through searching through people and stalking and figuring out connections. That's what she said. So not a bad idea.
0: Awesome. Um, Chandler, what can our listeners do to support you? Well, you can follow
1: me on Instagram uh, at Chandler Sane. It's right there on the bottom left. On the little screen um other than that we have like if you guys are looking to you know you got some you're done some deals and you're looking to outsource your marketing we do have a texting service and a cold calling service where we do everything for you done for you uh lead gen basically so that's one thing we do have um, other than that man just we also do a, like a yeah i mean that's pretty much it right you just follow me instagram if i have anything cool just i don't know just like it i don't know um but yeah that's if you don't want to do the legion thing or anything like that just uh, give me a follow and ask any questions hope, let me
0: provide some value to you awesome and then what's the one thing that you would hope people would remember and take away from this conversation um i mean it really like i would say the one thing would be it's
1: it's this invest in yourself because ultimately that's what is going to be the, the cap for everything you do in life it's going to be you what are you capable of whether that's uh, limiting beliefs wise um, goals aspirations leadership ability um what it, mindset whatever it is you're going to be determining where how far you go in life right no one can i mean people can hold you back but we're all in a, blessed to be in america which is an amazing country for uh, opportunity Not everyone's like that. You get to see that as you have VAs be your employees and it honestly just sucks to see it. So we're blessed. So if you want to make something happen, that's great. I mean, it's all you, you know, it's on your plate. So don't let anyone hold you back, tell you you can't do it. If they say you can't do it, go find some new friends or find some new people to hang out with.
0: Absolutely, man. Um, Last one here. If you were a superhero, which one would you be? Dude, I've been asking myself this since middle school,
1: um, which wasn't that long ago. Let's be honest. Uh, I would say, which one would I be, dude? I think it would be pretty sick to be Superman, just because he can fly. He can like he's like the most normal superhero that would like make sense. But he's got laser vision. He can fly. He can. I don't know. He's got nice chin. I don't know. <laughs> He could probably run
0: ultra marathons too.
1: Dude, he, oh man, I could crush an ultra marathons if I was Superman. (laughs) I should really be flash if I want to do this ultra marathons, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be cool to be Superman, I guess. (laughs) I I haven't actually actually been asked that in a long time.
0: Very cool. All right, man. Well, Chandler, thank you for being on here, sharing your stories and your lessons. I know we're all better for it. Super grateful for you, man. Um, Everyone who's listening in, thank you for listening. Uh, If you got value out of this, please like, subscribe, comment, share with your friends. And I also want to make sure that you're able to grow from this. So just pick one thing from today and take action on it right now. As soon as you're done listening, just do one thing to move in the right direction make the call, schedule the meeting, just do something. The only way you're going to grow is by taking action. So go out and take action. Signing off, this is Dan Bro along with my co-host Matt Bruner with Real Estate Heroes.